I'm your new announcer. Previously on the Sportzilla Show. Remember, dodgeball is a sport of violence, exclusion, and degradation. So, when you're picking players in gym class, remember to pick the bigger, stronger kids for your team. That way, you can all gang up on the weaker ones, like Winston here. Live and local, it's the Sportzilla Show with Rain and the Glue Guy, Matt. I say that's a nasty question and you're a terrible reporter. On ESPN Radio. Hey man, it's survival of the fittest. Doggy dog world out there, you know what I mean? You're playing dodgeball, you gotta pick on the weaker kids, right? So is Ben Simmons a weaker kid? Uh, Well, I wouldn't go that far, but... Uh, is, was it a choke? I mean, how do you choke when you don't even take the shot? You miss 99% of the shots you never take. Isn't that the famous Wayne Gretzky quote? Yes. I, I think 100%. Who then gets attributed by uh, Michael Scott from The Office? Yeah, 100% of the putts that do not reach the hole will probably not go in. I'm just saying. Fresh off of John Rahm in a U.S. Open. And, you know, you, you never think... Uh, you get in here on a Monday, you're like, eh, wasn't that crazy of a weekend, right? But it was. It always is. Always is. It's supposed to be the slow time of the year for sports. It doesn't feel that way. I feel like there's a lot going on. Um, and I feel masters like... Masters of the obvious. I feel there. like, yeah, we're masters of the obvious. Glue guy, Matt Page, how are you today? Good. Uh, well, I'll ask a question and doesn't matter here in a bit, but it's Amazon Prime Day it, and yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, today it's there's all sorts of deals. You know, so get your credit card ready. It's pretty funny. Oh, ooh, look at that Instapot. Hmm, I don't have one, but do I need one? <laughs> These are the things that we're going to debate. <laughs> I didn't need it till I saw it on a discount on Amazon. Ay, ay, ay. And that guy just gave up a, like a company worth a couple hundred billion dollars. He's just going to do some other stuff now. And, yeah. his, and his ex-wife is giving away billions. Which is hilarious. It is hilarious. All right, let's not take that path down the road. Let's go down this one. Welcome to a Monday Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv. We will find you there. We'll get some Twitch polls up and running momentarily. We got a couple of things in the kerfuffle today. There is some soap opera, some junior high drama, some some TMC, some page six, some gossip. And it's everybody's airing the dirty laundry. We'll get to a couple of those for you. One pertaining to the NBA, another pertaining to a brutally honest quote in the NHL from Robin Leonard, used to be an Islanders goalie, now he's in Vegas. Of course, they're in it to win it, trying to get a Stanley Cup, and with that Beeville native Alex Tuck in there, I suppose that's a little more vested interest for me and you, right? That's fair, very fair. But his quote, man, it was, it's, just, it's... Brutally honest. Brutally honest. Hey, and you know what? When it comes from the heart and it's emotional... And you swear you got me. You know it's real. You had me at hello with this. So we'll talk about that. Listen, Eric Devendor is going to join us on the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line. Tim Roy, the voice of the Golden State Warriors, will join us to give us a playoff recap. we got to talk about where we're at. And Chris Stacy with a New York Yankees therapy session with no Yankees on deck tonight. They have an off day. Somehow another triple play. That's three this year. Three triple plays this year. Within the last 31 days, by the way. And that's the crazy thing. It's all been in a month, and I think that ties the major league record. I don't think it breaks. I think they need one more. So literally, they're going to be gunning for triple plays now. Is that going to take their focus off just trying to win games? And it's just the Yankees. It's not like it's a league-wide thing. Should I be worried about this? Yeah. With, all, with all the other issues they have, they're slow. They hit into too many double plays. They don't hit with runners in scoring position. At uh, least they don't hit into triple plays. In general. You know what? That hasn't bit them. Yeah, they're they're making them. They're not hitting into them. 
I, is that the right wording for I'm that? I'm not worried about it. You understand what I'm saying? All right, glue guy. Listen, uh, you owe Pat Riggies because the Clippers won. That's correct. Shockingly, you, you. So, do you guys have a plan? Not at all. Are you cooking the Riggies or are you buying the Riggies? I think I'm buying them. Does he have a specific place he wants the Riggies? Did you set that up before Pat from Syracuse is who we're talking about? By the way, if you're a listener of. ESPN Radio, you're very familiar with Pat. I've said nothing except, yes, I agree to the bet, and that's about the logistics that, is, that have happened. You agreed to the bet on Twitch, though. That's correct. It was, we didn't have him on the air, and it wasn't like he had called in and we were talking to him. So you got yourself into this conundrum, this situation. So now... It was kind of forced on me. It's not like I was out gunning for it. What do you mean? It was forced? Did I do it? No, not you. Pat did. He's like, oh, you like... The Jazz, and I want the Clippers to win, so let's make it a bet. Well, he kept jumping in there, and he kept going at you for a few days, and eventually broke you down, and you guys agreed to this bet. Yeah, unfortunately. All right, well, so he picked a place? Not yet. All right, well, i got to find out what's going on with this. All right, now there's one more reason. Where should we have Matt purchase Riggies for Pat from Syracuse? I think he wants to come down to Utica for that. To settle the bet. That's We might have to call him now. We might have to talk to him one of these days. Uh, I agree. You know what? I think we're going to have to have him on tomorrow. Okay. All right. So since you lost the bet, that's your job. You got to reach out. No, that's your job. To Pat, I have to book Pat. Yes. Okay. Wait. I have to write this down, okay. or I'll forget. So okay, bald man. Book. Yep. yep. Pat, and stir up some. You know what? Tomorrow between the glue guy, who's generally the instigator and starts a lot of problems on the Sportsilla show. Which you know, it's funny that you say that because a lot of the times. You'll start it and then blame me, and then somehow the guest or whoever it's with agrees with you, and then I'm the bad guy, even though I said nothing. You ever been out somewhere, and you're in a group of people, and somebody comes over that's painfully awkward to talk to after about 90 seconds? Is that me? No. I was going to say, dang, man, that hurt. What I'm, what I'm, trying, I'm trying to explain, I'm illustrating this for okay. you. Okay. So there's me, and I'm in this group of people, and somebody walks over, and maybe I'm the painfully awkward person that everybody wants to get away with. From in 90 seconds. But in general, let's just assume I'm not for argument's sake. So I'm standing there. Dude walks over. He's kind of annoying everybody in the group a little bit, right? And everybody's like, oh, I got to get out of here. Who's the first one to sketch out? Me. That's right. I am a master at engaging in a quick conversation with said person and then deflecting them off in conversation to the person standing right next to me. And before you realize it, you're gone. I'm gone. So you pawn them off on me. Yeah. Why? I pawn these situations off on you, and it makes it look like you're the bad guy, mostly because it's just amusing to me to see if I can pull it off. And mostly, most of the time you do. No, I'm a master at it, dude. I'm a master at it. And it irritates me because you're like, oh, yeah, well, I I actually started this, but we're going to blame Matt. And all the guests are like, yeah, you're right. Let's blame him. But over time, I wonder if, if occasionally I haven't gotten into your head a little bit where you're like, wait a minute, did I say something that started after the fact? No, No, you know it's you. you. Yeah. You're questioning yourself. No, I actually, uh, see, no. I'm manipulating it and doing it to you now. Yeah, you're backing me in the corner. I don't like it. Ask me some questions. Sports Illust Show officially underway. Monday edition ESPN Radio. And it's all Matt's fault. Does it matter? It's the Sportzilla Show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Talk. Does it matter? Does it matter that it's my fault? 
Nah, I'll let you okay. slide. Does it matter that I can't stop hitting my hand into the microphone today? Yeah, I noticed that. What's up? I have no idea. You're What's trying it? to speed bag it? it you know what? Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm Anderson Silva. Okay, all right. Which we'll get to in just a minute. What's your first question? Does it matter that you're wearing a Tom and Jerry shirt for the Twitch audience? Should I show that? Yes. Should I show that? This is a Father's Day gift right there. This would be my fourth Tom and Jerry shirt. That's fantastic. Um, it's also two sizes too big, but when your six-year-old son gets you a present... You got to wear it. You wear it. I'm not returning it because if I return it, then I'm not in possession of his gift and that would bother him. Like, I can't go a couple of days. Yep. I can't can't bother with that. So we're good to go. I got a new Tom and Jerry shirt. I like it. I like the color. It is very nice. It pops. I think you had a white one before, right? I have a black one. Ah. I have two white ones. I have a black one and I have this one, which is a a reddish color. uh, If you're not with us, Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv. But we highly recommend that you join us there. That's a great way to consume ESPN Radio. Next question. Uh, according to the Twitch poll, who was the biggest winner of the weekend? John Rahm, the Yankees, the Hawks, Giannis, or Robin Leonard? Robin Leonard. Robin Leonard. You think so? Yeah, because he's the one that I want to talk about in the kerfuffle in our next segment with the awesome quote that you just wish, you wish that transparency. Listen, there are athletes that are transparent. So not the guy who won the U.S. Open. Um, no, Robin Leonard. Not uh, the Atlanta Hawks for eh, it's Robin Leonard. defining expectations. It's Robin Leonard. Not Giannis for beating the Nets? Nah, it's Robin Leonard. Uh, Yankees? It's me for getting this shirt from my son. That's fair. And going to the range and hitting golf balls. That made me you did. the winner this weekend. Yeah. How'd you do? Um, better than I expected, believe it or not. Wow. Uh, far better than I expected. I expected to hear that you were rusty and just awful. Well, I, I was rusty, but for some reason I was actually able to hit the golf ball into the air. I, I thought it was just going to be worm burners the whole time. Didn't work out that way for me. Next question. Does it matter that Ben Simmons is a mess? He is a mess. And, you know, it's funny. Magic Johnson's been on ESPN radio platforms today. Charles Barkley was talking about it last night. Shaq went off on him last night. And rightfully so. He said straight up, if I was a teammate, I'd have punched him in the face. Uh, Charles Barkley's like, what do you get for him? What, What trade value is there? Doc Rivers, his coach, basically threw him under the bus and, and and was like, I don't know how to answer the question on whether or not we can win a championship with this guy as our point guard. Uh, Joel Embiid, sorry, I was searching for the name. Joel Embiid, after the game, was kind of like the turning point of the game. He didn't say Ben Simmons didn't shoot the ball, but he was saying Ben Simmons didn't shoot that, that shot, and that turned the game right there. What is wrong with him? Good question. He like shied away from the moment. He's he's a mess at the free throw line. He obviously know him in, in three pointers, but he didn't put up any shots. He, he he didn't when he did. He didn't make anything, and then he just became terrified to shoot. You can't shrink like that. I'd trade him too, <laughs> and, and I don't want him on the Knicks right now. No, you want to shy away from that. Also, can we stop trying to make him a point guard? Clearly, he's not. But then what is he? A power forward. Okay. So you have Power to, forward slash small forward. He has to reinvent himself and his game and who he is as a player moving forward for wherever he ends up playing. He says he wants to remain in Philadelphia. I don't know if Good I luck want with him. That. I don't know if I want him. Also, does Doc Rivers need some help on the bench to learn how to close out important games, specifically playoff games? It sure seems so because he has 29 losses in series clinching games. That's the most of any coach in history. You know what? In 2008, in 2081 with the Celtics, and it might have just been because he had the perfect group of players. A bunch of Hall of Famers. At the right time. Next question. Does it matter that Cole Beasley is talking about the vaccine? Yeah. 
Can we just like skip past this? You know what? Yeah, because everybody's got their opinions. You know what? Because it'll be a conversation about him and what he said and how it affects the Bills and football, but it'll get all sorts of political. And you know what? I think that's a wise decision. Thank you. Let's not do that. However, if you want to chat with us about it in Twitch, let's take it there and offer that up. QSportsTalkTwitch.tv. Just, uh, yeah, yeah, you got to get vaccinated. Otherwise, you're going to make your life more complicated. That's all I'm saying. Moving on. Okay, next. Does it matter that Anderson Silva is an OG? Yeah, 46 years old. Julio Cesar Chavez, about 10, 11 years younger, gets back in the ring. He's really a novice at boxing and beat him. He's a legend. Good for him. Did you see the love that he was getting rightfully so? A lot of it, yes. On on Twitter last night? It's kind of an, an amazing, impressive uh, a pr- impressive thing that he did. I mean, I, I honestly didn't think he was going to win. I thought Julio Cesar Chavez was going to win that, being that he is traditionally a boxer. Yeah, and, we saw otherwise. And younger. and would have. But you know what? I guess some people just got that something extra, and Anderson Silva surely does. And that's why they play the games. Helena Sell was last night. This is my question to you. Does that matter? What's important that I need to know? Uh, I fell asleep in the middle of watching it. Was it boring? Uh, yeah, it really was. So it, I just haven't been able to get into the WWE product as of late. Hot take. Will you just say it sucked? It sucked. Did it suck? Yes. It really did suck. It did. So that was being honest. Yes. Am I instigating too much here? No, not really. You're cool with that one? We'll be talking to Jordan Capozzi tomorrow about it. Uh, he's booked? Yes. Locked him in? Excellent. So we'll get to that. Um, can I ask you about Tyson and Logan Paul? Did Why? You... Why are you giving them airtime? Because. Did you hear no, no, what he no. said? They don't deserve it. He, I'm going to do it anyways. Fine. We can agree to disagree. Okay. Here's a quote. You'll you, talk to yourself then. You. That's fine. You can't tell me I can't beat Mike Tyson. Bro, he's old. Old. That's a direct, direct shot. Mike Tyson at 54 years old. It's a double negative. Yeah, he did. I know. He, he, I'm just giving you. I'm over here trying to do math over here. That's what he said. Mike Tyson will demolish him. And he's 54 years old. And I don't care. I want to see it now. And I would also like Mike Tyson to, to fight his brother, Jake Paul. Because that would. Um, what's the right word? That wouldn't bleep and suck. No, I agree with you. Um, would it, they be like on a tag team together against Mike Tyson? Because Mike Tyson could win either way. Mike Tyson will be both of them. The next Twitch poll at Q Sports Talk has to be up there. Would you want to see Mike Tyson fight Logan and or Jake Paul and beat the crap out of them? Yes, yes, yes. yes and absolutely, yes. positively, no doubt about it. Everything, every answer has to be in the firm, the affirmative because I don't know anybody that wouldn't want to see that. You got another question? Does it matter that Doc Rivers is lucky to have a ring? He is, isn't he? <laughs> Did and you know it's hard for me because I have a lot of love and respect for Doc Rivers, but seeing all the talent that he's coached since leaving the Celtics in their prime Are and you- not getting to a conference finals. That's ridiculous. Are you putting him down in general as a coach? Because I would argue that he's an excellent X's and O's coach. Or what is the reason that he just can't be successful in the playoffs? That's a good question. I'm not sure. Because he does everything right in the regular season. Seems to do all right in the first couple rounds of the playoffs. And then just loses sight of it. Can we just close out our segment here? Because we got a kerfuffle to talk about it. Eric Dievendorf in just a couple of minutes. Um, But did you see that Brianna Stewart was named to her second Olympic team. And rightfully so. Good for her. I, I, I have some uh, so a resume of hers floating around here somewhere. What did I do with that? I handed it to you as well. Help me find that. I'm really, looking right now. Really quick. You know, I didn't have it in front of me, and I should have, but there's a lot of papers. Here we go. 
over the past year, and this is via Chris Carlson on Twitter, Brianna Stewart has won an, a WNBA title, WNBA postseason MVP, EuroLeague title, EuroLeague Final Four MVP, Russian League title, and gotten engaged. And now she's been named to her second U.S. Olympic team. Um, are you ready to go to a break? Yes. Okay. I'm just going to close out with this. You want to know who the GOAT is? Brianna Stewart. Brianna Stewart. Stewie. Brianna Stewart is the GOAT, straight up. Who's got that resume? That's ridiculous. ESPN Radio, SportsZilla Show. The Kerfuffle's next. Who's got Twitter beef? Hey, here's an idea. Why don't you mind your own business? Bulletin board material. Oh, you can't say that. <laughs> but it got said. We've got another Donnie Brook. That is not appropriate behavior. Okay. An athletic brouhaha. You're a meanie. <laughs> Let's go toe-to-toe. It's the SportsZilla Kerfuffle. Ah, uh, a classic conundrum. On Twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio. Radio. Anderson Silva's 46 years old, dude, and, and his kerfuffle wasn't really a Twitter sports beef. I mean, they boxed. But Julio Cesar Chavez, 35 years old, in the ring, he's had 60 fights. Wow. That's some experience. A lot of experience. Is it kind of humiliating and embarrassing to lose to Anderson Silva under those circumstances? Um, Possibly, but you could also just say that, hey... He got the better of me that one day. Let's have a rematch. I mean, it kind of almost teased a kerfuffle because I'm waiting to see what Tyson's response is to Logan Paul calling him old, first of all. And then you got to bring in his brother, Jake. When he was probably told about it, he would, being Tyson was probably like, who? He's Yeah, he's got to. Who are these guys? But, but man, it's a challenge. I don't know. They're I think, on TikTok? I, What's that? I think Tyson might be paying a little bit more attention than you think. I think he takes the fight. No. He's not I, gonna, I think it's foolish. He's not going to waste his time with the Pauls? No. I think you're dead wrong. I think you're dead wrong because I I don't wa- think he wants to kill a man. I want entertainment. I understand that. Everybody else wants entertainment. Was the Floyd Mayweather fight entertaining? He's the no. one. He's the one. It wasn't entertaining. He's the one that called him old, and that's Mike Tyson. And Mike Tyson is still scary at 54. Well, you're not going to get a boxing match then. You're going to get a murder. He, they won't even get to the boxing ring. Tyson will just go beat him up. He's going to pummel him. All right, let's get to a couple official kerfuffles that are out there. We'd love to hear your feedback if you're with us at Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv or via social media. I'm at ESPN Rain on three platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You're, uh, you tweet at ESPN. You are Matt. And the occasional Instagram. And the occasional Instagram. That's right. Uh, Doncic and Carlisle. Um, let's talk about Luka Doncic and uh, Carlisle, of course, is no longer the coach of the Dallas Mavericks. He resigned. And this is much deeper than it seems. Uh, There's a lot going on. First of all, there's a guy lurking in the shadows. Well, there's been a culture with Dallas, as you heard. A lot of stuff was happening overall within an organization that probably isn't good. Okay. And they kind of just skated past it. That's correct. Right. You didn't hear about it for very long. But then now all of a sudden you've got. Rumors that Doncic might want to trade. It didn't work out with Porzingis there. Donnie Nelson got fired. Right. And then there's a, tell him about the shadow GM, Bob Volgaris. Bob Volgaris, he's been like an analytics guy, a gambler as well. So he's uh, been in uh, Mark Cuban's ear for the longest time. And he's like a convicted criminal, right? That is correct. So he's he's also a con. So there's a reason why he's in the shadows. Yeah. And But he's not really in the shadows because when it was just no fans, he sat right near Mark Carlisle giving him advice, 
basically telling him who should be your starting lineup for tonight. So he's sitting there, Mark Cuban, you mean? Yeah. No, Bob uh, Volgaris. No, 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 no. He's Bob Volgaris was sitting with Mark Cuban. Rick Carlisle's the coach. You, you spoonerismed it. Uh, no, you, I'm actually right. You, he was sitting behind the bench behind Rick Carlisle telling him how things no, should be ran. Glue, you said Bob Carlisle. I was just teasing you because you, you spoonered Whatever. it. Whatever, okay. I'm teasing you. Okay. So I'm trying to clarify right. unless right. I have something right. wrong here. So he's sitting with the owner near the coach or near the coach? Both. And he's, Because Cuban was up near... Uh, Near the sidelines because there were no fans. So and he should. And he's spewing all these analytics, which is basically him running the team instead of the coach. That's correct. All right. And that's where we get to the part where Doncic isn't a fan. And Doncic is sitting there and they have a timeout and it's an empty arena and there's not a lot of fans around. And he basically screams at him and called him out. Oof. In front of his teammates. That's correct. So ultimately, when he released a statement, I'm talking about Carlisle, the head coach. He included all these Mavs greats and important people in the organization. Never mentioned Luka Doncic, the 22-year-old superstar. So basically, he said he got tired of that kind of stuff because it's not the only time. That was just, I guess, the the most public. One of the many. Uh, yeah, it happened more often than not. So then he got out of there. Uh, and you're just starting to hear the beginning of this. It's getting crazy. And, and you know, you make a longtime employee... And Donnie Nelson also feel uncomfortable and basically feel unwanted. So he's gone. Rick Carlisle, who's been a coach since, what, 2008? Won a championship there in Dallas. Now he's gone. Mark, look in the mirror. These these issues need to be—this this organization needs to be gutted and cleaned out. And you better make the superstar happy because if you don't, Luka Doncic is going to want out of there. Goodbye. You're already hearing a ton of rumors about him going to the Knicks— but listen, there's a lot of other teams that would gladly put together a package to trade for somebody as good as Luka Doncic. The question is, though, he can't be doing things like that. No. He can't be heckling the coach in front of his teammates. That makes you a bad teammate. You're a bad actor. There's a lot of locker rooms. Uh, you're not welcome in a lot of coaches. Thibodeau wouldn't put up with that. No, he wouldn't. So you can't have that. But Thibodeau also wouldn't be uh, relying on some shadow GM lurking in the shadows to give him input on how his lineup should be formed. He will continue to work for one of the worst, if not the worst owner in all of sports, but that's a whole nother conversation and a whole nother kerfuffle. Uh, very interesting to me. And I want to see how this plays out because we're going to get answers as they slowly start to hire people and rebuild that organization. Does Volgaris eventually become the GM officially? <laughs> you know what? I think he does. If that happens, I think that Doncic wants out. Me too. Because that was the gripe. The, what he, he screamed at Carlisle in front of his teammates. It was ultimately saying, are you having this guy, Bob Volgaris, call the shots? Is this filtering down from ownership through him, through Donnie Nelson, to, Car to Rick Carlisle? And this is why we're running our offense this way. This is why we have this personnel. This is why we're doing what we're doing on the basketball court. I don't think he likes that. If that happens, Doncic wants out. And, and that's what's going to happen. Boy, this is going to be a fun offseason, huh? All right, let's talk about Robin Leonard, uh, goalie for the Vegas Golden Knights. I uh, pretty much stopped everything, right? And he said his motivation was that he got to the rink about two or three hours or four hours earlier, whatever it was, and he basically sat there on Twitter and watched people talk bleep about him, and that was his motivation for going out there and, and performing the way that he did. Because 
Also, on the flip side of that, you saw Marc-Andre Fleury getting called out. He's got all these rings, but he really hasn't done it. It's the backup goalie that wins these rings for him. (laughs) I don't know how this is going to turn out. All I know is that more often than not, I think players are motivated by things like that. We joke that, oh, the bulletin board material matters to some, doesn't matter to others. What level of bulletin board material is it? Yeah, but if your mentions are blowing up with how crappy you are and how much of a terrible player you are, that has to be motivation. That's exactly right. And Robin Leonard is just the latest example of, I think, a lot of players from a lot of different sports where that exact same thing happens, right? He's sitting in the locker room putting his feet up, just scrolling through Twitter. Oh, that guy thinks I'm a scumbag. Oh, this guy thinks I'm a terrible player. How doesn't that fire you up after a while? But doesn't it make you sad after a while if you see that many negative things about you? Not when you turn around and you perform the way that you do. You feel validated and vindicated. But I think... We need more players, and there are some that are transparent, but we need more people like Robin Leonard that will come out after the fact and say exactly what he said. Yeah, you know what? I was reading this, or I saw that. Because you have some that claim, oh, I don't go on social media. I don't read any I don't read it. journalists. I don't pay attention to the media. That's not that's nonsense. They do. Because if they don't, somebody, somebody in else. in their circle tells them. Either family or friends or a teammate or somebody fills them in on that. And I think a lot, some guys I think will do what you said where, man, after a while, it'll beat them down. You start to believe it. But then there's others that they do use that as motivation because they want to prove everybody wrong. I think that absolutely happens. Let's pause right here because, you know what, I'd rather talk to Eric Devendorf, and let's do that next. We're talking about Elam Endings. Elam endings. We're talking about where is Bayheim's army seated. We know this now. Uh, we've got all that information. Uh, we held off until now because we want to talk about it with Devo next on ESPN Radio. I am very proud to announce it's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Here's Rain and Matt. Actually, here's Eric Devendorf on the phone, not wasting any time. Welcome to the Accelerate Sports Complex phone lines. And, of course, uh, the Elam endings, which I love. That's part of TBT. We found out as of 1 o'clock they started assigning uh, where everybody slots in on the brackets. Bayheim's Army three seed in Peoria. I'll stop there. Let's bring Eric on the air. Uh, do you like where this team is seated as we're heading into all this fun in July? I do. I think we landed in a good spot. I mean, the tournament's done a great job every year of just making it a more competitive and competitive tournament. Um, you know, high-level teams continue to enter, and uh, it's no different this year, but I like where we landed. I think we have a, you know, as, as talented team as anyone in the in the field, so... I'm looking forward to getting out there and competing with the guys, and you know, I know they are as well. Yeah, you know, it's interesting to have Tyler and Chris in there because they both were slated to be part of it last year, and obviously it's opened right. back up in the circumstances now as we're getting out of the pandemic and, and dealing with COVID and all those tests and everything else. But it was injuries and, and other variables, but those two couldn't be part of it. I mean, you want to talk about some athleticism and size, uh, just bringing those two into this roster already, it does. It makes it better than last year. Uh, no disrespect to any of the guys, um, but just tell us your mindset as you're getting ready. We know you're in the gym, but everybody's got to be hyped for this. Oh, man, I'm excited. I mean, and you're 100% right about Tyler and Chris. They just, they you know, stretch the floor out. They can go down low, they can bring it back out, they can run the floor, they can block shots, um, you know, super versatile, they can guard, pick, and roll. So they just bring a whole other dimension to our team. Uh, and, and then, you know, obviously we got Tyrese Rice, who's a dynamic point guard, and um, I don't know if people are familiar with him, but he played at Boston College, and he's 
he's won multiple MVPs, you know, overseas in EuroLeague, which is the um, second best league outside of the NBA. So he's uh, he's an incredible point guard. And then obviously we got uh, you know a lot of guys coming back, Malachi, myself, uh, and then CJ Ferris back. So um, I, I think the team that we put together this year it's a good mix of veteran guys and also younger guys. Um, and again, just excited to get out there and, and play. I mean, we got the team to do it. So um, let's go and do it. So who's the big name player, Eric? We're all wondering and waiting to know. You know what we we got guys who've played, um, guys who are familiar, guys who knows what it knows what it takes. I mean, this isn't a tournament where we need um, you know a, a, one guy to score twenty twenty five points every game. It's it's a guy who's uh, going to do the little things, get the fifty fifty balls. You know what's different for our team this year? I think we brought a little bit more toughness in, um, and you'll see with the the two other guys that we add uh, later on this week. Uh, it's a lot of toughness on this team, and, and guys just know their roles. They know what it takes to win this tournament, uh, and, and that's what it takes to win it. You know, it's uh, it's guys who are on the same page, and, um, you know, I think we have the team to do it this year. Eric Dievendorf just crossed you over and Euro-stepped right around your question. He nutmegged me. Mer- magnificent job. Uh, Devo's with us here on the Sports Hill Show <laughs> on ESPN Radio. That's what's up, my man. Now, listen, coaching changed this year. We've all discussed this in the media. Uh, we know some of the reasons why. There were some personal issues with, with Ryan. Nothing bad, uh, but he wanted to step back just a little bit. So Jeremy Pope's going to take over as head coach, but Ryan's going to be there and be part of this. Explain that dynamic to everybody as we move forward. Oh, I mean, he, yeah, he's not the head coach per se as on the title, but, I mean, he's in the coaching circle. I mean, I'm in it. Um, Jeremy, obviously, is the head coach, and then Kevin and Sean are in there. So um, we're all just brainstorming together. I mean, uh, you know, this core group that we have with myself, Black, uh, and Kevin Belby, we've been around for a long time as far as the TBT goes, so we know what it takes. Um, and, and we'll be right in that coaching uh, brainstorm circle. And um, Jeremy's a great guy. He's, I mean, he comes in with um, a lot of knowledge of the game. I mean, he was coached under, um, you know, Mike Hopkins and then obviously, um, you know, going to Portland State now being assistant coach. So he brings a lot of energy and uh, a lot of knowledge, and he'll be great for our team. I mean, guys will respond, respond well to him and, um, I know he's looking forward to, uh, you know, getting the group together and getting after it. Eric, I'm just so glad that you keep doing this every year. I hope you play till you're 50 because uh, it's just such a, a, a nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I really do. I mean that because it's just, listen, you get into this point of the year and when the tournament goes down next month, it's Major League Baseball. And I love baseball, but you're just getting training camps and it's just such a slow time. And this just ramps. It feels like an extension of the regular SU basketball season. For, for, you know, diehard and lifelong fans like myself. Uh, but new this year also is Adam White's been jumping on board to help out, and I wanted to have you talk a little bit on him, what he's bringing to the table, uh, some of the changes maybe that you can discuss behind the scenes that'll make, you know, year seven of Bayheim's Army in TBT better than it's been at any point. Well, yeah, I mean, I've been good friends with Adam for about four or five years now, and, I mean, anyone who knows him knows how much of a supportive guy he is, so we're just happy to have have him on board and I mean he's there he's helped us with the recruiting process he's helped us get in touch with guys um he's on every single zoom call um you know making sure he's in the loop so um he's been a huge help and uh you know whatever we need he's going to make sure that um that we get it and uh you know make sure it's it's ran like an A1 organization that's you know how he runs his stuff and and that's what he's bringing to the Bayhams army so um just you know happy to have him on board happy to have his support 
Um, and, and again, we've, we've brought a great group together, you know, from the coaching staff to the players. And, um, I'm just so excited about these two other guys that they're going to announce. And it's going to catch a lot of people off guard, um, but in, in a good way. Um, so we'll see later this week. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Can you verify whether they were former Syracuse Orange players? Are we stepping outside of the family a little bit? Or would that give away too much? And you can just tell me, Rain, you got to wait and see like everybody else. And I understand that answer, too. But I got to ask the question. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll let you know that they're not former Syracuse guys. Okay. So it's Joe Johnson, right? Not form- no, no. Not, now, now you're guessing. Now you're getting, <laughs> I gave you one. Now you're just trying to, come on now. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's just quit right. Let's just quit while we're ahead right now. Eric, listen, we've talked about this before in, in many of your numerous appearances with us here on Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio, but you're a fan of basketball. So are we. Uh, let's talk NBA playoffs with you a little bit. I want to get that fan perspective from you. Uh, listen, you've, you've heard and seen, I'm sure the criticism Ben Simmons is getting, uh, do you yeah. move on with from him? Is this just a blip in the radar? Because some of the skills set that this guy has is just off the charts. But he crumbled mentally in, in a huge moment. And and I just wonder what your observations on this whole situation are. Well, I mean, in the playoffs, it's a different story. Defenses key in and, and they get a little bit tighter. And um, obviously him not being able to stretch the floor and hit that mid-range jump shot. Uh, hurts them a lot because now they're just packing in the lane. They're taking away the passing lanes. Um, guys are just staying on his man, and they're making fin- making them finish um, over big guys in the middle. So, And then when he does get fouled, he can't make his free throw. So, I mean, it, it's been a few years since, you know, we've seen this. So, I, I mean, if I'm Philly, you probably want to, you know, look in another direction, looking at, looking at trading, uh, you know, him for some picks or whatever it may be, whatever direction they want to go. But unless he comes back with a – uh, new and improved jump shot. I mean, he can call me. I'll get him right. You know, it's, it's going to cost him a little bit. But Let's I'm go. Gonna, I'm going to get him right. <laughs> I'm going to get him right. But, no, but in all seriousness, if uh, if he can come back and just, you know, um, be able to knock down free throws consistently, be able to knock down a mid-range jumper consistently, keep the defense honest, that really changes, um, you know, his whole game. So uh, do you think the Bucks and Giannis, it's their year, especially without LeBron in the playoff field anymore? I mean, I love the Suns, man. I love how the Suns are playing. Same. I, so do we. Even without Chris Paul. I mean, Devin Booker is such a joy to watch. Like, his footwork, uh, his balance, his control. Like, he makes incredible shots. Like, he's like he's like a Kobe, like, as far as how you see his footwork and his attack mode and, and the creativity of his shots. Like, he's, he's of that caliber. So, I, I like the Suns, man. I think they're going to, um, you know, do some special stuff. And Chris Paul, he'll be back. You know, he'll be back for if they get that far. But, um, yeah, I mean, Milwaukee's good, too. But I'm just thinking – I think it's Phoenix, man. I think, and, and then, look, Atlanta, man, like, they're playing – they're a young team. Like, Trey Young, Kevin Herter from Albany, like, he shoot, he had an incredible game last night. And, you know, they're playing as good as any team as well. So, it's kind of, you know, it's teams that we've never really seen at this time in the playoffs before. So, it's kind of a wide-open race. But I like Phoenix. I do, too. But I'll tell you this. It seems like – uh, coaching is, is just paramount right now because Nate McMillan seems to be the difference maker that really took a young Atlanta team and brought them across the finish line, at least to where they are right now. Monty Williams, we know what he we know what he's capable of, obviously an outstanding coach with Phoenix. But then you flip it back 
And you wonder with Doc Rivers, what is it about Doc that he just can't seem to close out and clinch these series? 29 losses in games to clinch a series is the most all-time, which is mind-boggling if you think about it, because you know as well as I do, Eric, his X's and O's. I mean, he's an outstanding coach, but I just wonder why is he falling short all the time? I mean, players play the game, though. Yeah, you know, yeah, he yeah. can't get out there and play for it. I mean, obviously, it's some questionable substitutions or why he didn't you know, keep this guy in longer, why didn't take this guy out? Yeah, it's, it's some moments where you can question him on that, but at the end of the day, the players play the game. You know, I think his responsibility is to try to get his point across to where they know what to do out there, um, but they got to go out there and execute it. So, uh, I mean, he's a good coach. I mean, he's a great coach. He's, he's won an NBA championship. It's just, uh, it's hard to win in yeah. the NBA. It's hard to win. Like, you look at what LeBron has done those last whatever 10 plus years, like it's incredible. Like this is the first year he hasn't been in the finals in 10 years or something like that. So um, it's hard, man. You, you know, you put so much expectations on these guys, but um, at the end of the day, they can really control so much. Well, listen, Eric, we want to hit you up again in a couple of weeks as we get a little bit closer to TBT. We're just, we're real hyped about it. We're grateful to you for the time. And you heard it here first. Eric Devendorf says your NBA champion is probably going to be the Suns. That's your pick for sure. That, that's my pick. I'm going with Phoenix. I'm just I love Devin Devin Booker. He's awesome. All right. Well, we're on the train with you, man. Thanks so much, Eric. Have a great rest of your day. We appreciate you. No problem. You guys too. You're killing me, Smalls. Coming up next, and it's funny that we heard him mention Kobe when talking about Devin Booker because that's something we want to talk about next on ESPN Radio. The Sportszilla Show. Oh, yeah! Bringing the central New York sports fan together. You're supposed to wear your mask all over your nose. I'm not going to, so quit asking. Can everyone hear me okay? Can everyone listen up? You're killing me, Smalls. It's the Sportszilla Show with Rain and Matt on twitch.tv slash Talk and ESPN Radio. Well, for Pete's sake, here we go again. If you're a Buffalo Bills fan, you got to love Cole Beasley. And I know you don't want to talk about this, so I'm going to air this sports grievance really quickly, glue guy. Can we not? No, I'm going to. Why? Uh, because I want to. All you're going to do is make people angry. No, I'm not going to make people angry. I'm going to be fair about this because I will, I will state this first of all. He has every right to choose what to do as far as vaccination is concerned. 100%. I, I agree with that. Totally. I, nobody can tell him what to do or what not to do as an American citizen. However, what if and this is this is the question I'm posing, okay? What if the NFL says if you want to play you got to be vaccinated? What if they do that? I, I, there are They won't, but there are I'm hypothetically though, there are businesses uh, and events and things that you want to do in life that without vaccination uh, there are there are still places that you'll want to go that you won't be able to get into and participate in otherwise. And if he's he makes the bold statement, just hear me out. He makes the bold statement that he would rather retire than continue his career. He's an he's tough. I love Cole Beasley. If I'm Bills Mafia, I want him on my team. He, he's everything you love about football. He's smaller in stature. He's not the most physically gifted or athletic player, but he performs. So are you going to call his bluff? What if what if something like that happens? Is he going to retire? Probably not. No, he's not. There's too much money on the table for him to do that. That's right. And and being vaccinated isn't going to take away his ability to live his life freely and as he chooses. So I, I want to so, say uh, Albert Breer, but I can't be 100% sure on that. He said in a tweet, I think last week, something about how if you're a player who is not vaccinated, 
you're seeing how difficult it's going to be to be around these other guys who are vaccinated, who get to go to the gym freely, who get to go to the food court freely. He's a distraction at this point. He's being a distraction. There's also going to be the majority of these locker rooms where these guys are vaccinated and their concern isn't Cole Beasley being able to live his life the way he wants to. It's protecting their families. That's fair. What he Like I said, I will state this again. I'm not telling Cole Beasley or people that agree with his stance or disagree with his stance that he's wrong. He's not wrong. He's entitled to do whatever he wants to do. But he's he's making a distraction and a problem for the Buffalo Bills by making this stance. And part of what he was saying, let's be honest, it was not it was nonsensical. Some of it was ridiculous because he's not going to retire. He's not going to quit the NFL. No, he's not. He's not. I don't care what he says. He's not going to do that. It's a cool stance to have, but he's not going to do it. He I get what he's trying to say, but it just you could have said it a little bit better. And look, he's putting his money where his mouth is. You know what I mean? Where he's like, I'm willing to walk away because of this. That's right. But in all honesty, is that going to happen? No, I can't imagine. He's not going anywhere. He is. He is not. Hold on. I got to take care of Twitch. Yeah. I apologize yeah. for okay. that. I'm fired up and I think I hit the mouse accidentally. But it's just, I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. I think he's full of it. He'll get one today, all right? You're killing me, Smalls. And I, th- real quick, I know we got to go to break. Stephen A. Smith earlier, and it's funny because we were talking about Devin Booker just a few minutes ago with Eric Devendorf, and he, he said that he's got a little bit, as far as footwork, uh, he's got a little bit of that Mamba mentality, a little bit of Kobe in him. And I love watching him play basketball, too. With Chris Paul out, he stepped up and he took the Suns. And he had to. And yeah, he had to. He's the reason they won that game. Uh, it's just that much better when Chris Paul retur- uh, returns to that lineup. But Stephen A. said Booker is the next Kobe. And, and I, I don't know if that's directly and exactly what Eric Devendorf was saying to us. But I will say this in regards to Stephen A. Smith's words, not yet. Too soon. Way too soon. Way too soon. He's got to build the resume out to met to get it. He's not even in the stratosphere of Kobe Bryant right now. But then again, I mean, who is? No, exactly. You know, I, I I hate and I also love these comparisons because they're always silly. Oh, this guy's the next Michael. There is no next Michael. Michael was Michael. Ooh, this guy's the next Kobe. You can't compare them. Kobe, LeBron, and Michael, all different players, and that's okay. It's okay to be different. Ben Simmons doesn't have the Mamba mentality. At all. There's other players that don't. You know who does? Damian Lillard. That's another player who has that clutch gene, that Mamba mentality. You know who actually has Mamba mentality? Kobe. Kobe. Yeah, he's the only one, the originator of it. I don't think Devin Booker is in in that place yet. Uh, he's got a ways to go. Just hashtag too soon, Stephen A. Smith. But Now, then- if CP3 is out for a while and Devin Booker leads this team to a championship... Okay. Then then you've made you've the f- opened up the door to have the argument. You've you've made the first step. Correct. But you got a 20-year career, Hall of Famer, five rings. I mean, we're just we're just not there yet. But Stephen A. Smith never throws crap at the wall to see what sticks and makes ridiculous hot hot take or oh, whatever. Okay. He gets he one. He makes too. a hot take and then moves on. He gets one too. All right. I'll give this one to Stephen A. Smith. You're killing me, Smalls. Let's take a quick break. Tim Roy is going to talk more about the NBA playoffs with us next on ESPN Radio. 
It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. You know, you used to just ask me questions. Now you talk all the time. I can't even get a word in here anymore. <laughs> you. Here's Rain and Matt. Talking to the voice of the Golden State Warriors, our go-to and friend of the Sports Illust Show, Tim Roy, is here with us on the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line. It's funny, I saw a tweet uh, posing this question. You need Giannis or Ben Simmons to hit a free throw to save your life. Who are you choosing? Uh, and the repl- uh, one of the replies to that was Giannis, because at least I'll have some time to say goodbye to my friends and family. Uh, just some of the fun storylines in the NBA playoffs. But, of course, we all figured it was going to be Hawks, Bucks, Suns, Clippers, right? Isn't that how everybody drew it up? I think I think that's what everybody had. All the bookmakers had that one. So, uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been actually, I think it's been a very, very fun playoffs. And I think we've had, um, you know, some great storylines. And even though maybe some of the TV executives might not be thrilled with the final four, so to speak, uh, I think it's good for the league. I think it's good to see some different guys out there. And I think we're also seeing some young players really, you know, step to the forefront. And um, and that's always great to see. You Trey Youngs and you Devin Bookers, you're absolutely right. Of the four remaining teams, this is the last time they went to the NBA Finals, if you're ready. 1993 for the Suns, the Bucks in 74, the Hawks in 61, and the Clippers have never been there. If you had to pick the team right now, you think wins it all out of these final four? Is it the, is it the Suns for you, like it is for me, or what are you seeing that I'm not? Yeah, I, I I would I would probably go with Phoenix, especially you know you know it's the, you know the question is when are they getting Chris Paul back, and if that question is soon, then I think it's going to be very difficult for the uh, Clippers to beat them, and so um, so yeah, I like the way Phoenix is playing. Uh, Devin Booker is one of the most unguardable players we have in the league, and and it just seems they're in a really nice rhythm right now. So, yeah, my pick is Phoenix. Um, but boy, you know, it's just it, you know you you look at the the stories, and I just you, you know who would have thought that the 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 Bucks would you know come back and win in Brooklyn on the road? They they that has to give them a lot of confidence. And that's going to be my next question. Do you think it's finally Giannis's year, especially without LeBron in the playoff field? It, it could be. I think they've got a great chance to get to the, the finals. And I think that's, you know, the, as, as much as I love Atlanta and I really lo- love their spirit and, you know, and their, their, the variety of the weapons that they have and they're doing it even though they're banged up a little bit. Um, you know, I just think that the, the the Bucks have you know they've got that star and and you know Giannis for all his you know free throw shooting flaw is still you know a great player an MVP type player so you know if it, if it comes down to Suns Bucks I wouldn't be surprised at all. So I want to take a look at Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid called him out after the game uh, indirectly Doc Rivers called him out Joel Embiid here's a quote he said I'll be honest I thought the turning point was when we I don't know how to say it, is when we had an open shot and we made one free throw. That is clearly uh, him talking about Ben Simmons not shooting the ball. He seems to have lost all confidence. And then Doc Rivers was asked if Ben Simmons can be a point guard on a championship-winning team. His exact answer was, I don't know the answer to that question right now. 
That's not a ringing endorsement. What's going on with Ben Simmons? Do they keep him? Do they trade him? Do they move on from him? Can they fix them? Well, if you're, you know, if you're going to be a great player, then you can't be afraid of that moment. You have to, you know, even, even a guy like Draymond Green, who's not a great free throw shooter, he's not afraid of that moment. And I, I think we saw the inexperience of Philadelphia in a, in a play, in a real tough playoff situation in that game. And, and, and yeah, I think they have to make a decision. Is he going to be our point guard? And if so, how do we get him to be an effective player with the game on the line? How do we, you know, find a shooting coach or, you know, work with one of the coaches so that at least he can get to the point where, you know, he is uh, confident enough to get fouled. And and those are those are really, you know, those are hard questions. So, you know, the NBA is you know, the uh, cruel league and, you know, the NFL, you make a mistake on a position player. Well, you've got, you know, 40 other guys on the team and, and baseball, you got, you know, 24 man rosters, you know, the NBA, you've got, you know, barely into the teens on your roster. And so that of the, and of the guys who play a lot, it's probably about nine, eight or nine guys. And so if you make a mistake on one of those, it's, it's really difficult to recover from that. So I wouldn't be, uh, I think it's going to be a very, uh, interesting summer for Daryl Morey uh, yet again. We're talking to Tim right here, a voice, a longtime voice of the Golden State Warriors. Now he knows what he's talking about. He's seen some championships. This is ESPN Radio on the Sportsilla Show. So in the eight seasons since leaving the Celtics, Doc Rivers has never made a conference finals, and he's coached guys like CP3, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and now Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. What are your thoughts on Doc Rivers? Is it a clutch thing? Uh, what is it with the playoffs, him not being able to elevate his team to the next level? Well, again, I think uh, you, know, you go back and look at what, what Philly had, had difficulty with in that, in that postseason. And again, the, the, they had their number two player, if you will. Say if Embiid's your number one and Simmons was your number two, and, and he did not you know, rise to that level in, in a game seven. So I don't know how much of that is on Doc. I think it's been unfortunate for him. He's been in some tough situations. But I, I do know this, that when he goes to teams, they seem to play well. They seem to play as good as they can play. Now, whether, it, whether or not it works, you know, go back and look at the history of the NBA. And, you know, there's really not that many winners when you consider how many teams are there. You know, talking about the Clippers, who were the Buffalo Braves at one point, Sweet powder blue uniforms, by the way, uh, and they, you know, they've never made it to the finals. You know, the Phoenix Suns were a gold standard in our league for over a decade and a half, two decades, and and uh, they've made the finals in that stretch once. You know, and and with with a you know Charles Barkley led team, and and so I, I don't know if it, if it if it's on Doc at all, but I would I would say this. I think you know he's had success wherever he goes. He's had good teams. I don't think that they they've severely underperformed at all. I just think it it's so hard to win that 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 measure you have to have everybody you know firing. Everybody's got to play. You know, yesterday, you know, Kevin Herter yesterday. I mean, in the fourth quarter, he was the calmest guy on the floor. He was, and and you ha- you have to have those kind of guys in, in those moments. And Philly just didn't have one of those guys yesterday. So is Ty Lu getting enough credit for the job he has done with the Clippers? Cause I don't feel, I, I feel like all of the credit in Cleveland was given to LeBron 
Um, but look what he's done. And I mean, you're dealing with your superstar not able to play right now and to galvanize that team and to get them to where they are. It's a pretty good job by Ty Lue. Yeah, Ty Lue, Ty Lue is a really, really good coach. And I think he's a guy that, that doesn't get enough credit. You know, he was on the bench when the Cavs came back against the Warriors. He orchestrated that. He, you know, he's, he's done a great job with this this Clipper uh, squad, and, and he empowers guys. I mean, they're, they're, to me, you know, he is an uh, empowered man. He's empowered Reggie Jackson to the point where those guys, I think, are, might even be playing better than, than, than what you would expect and certainly maybe than what they are at this point. But, but they, um, you know, he does a really, really nice job, and he never, you never see him look flustered. You never see him look like he, like he doesn't – not sure what he wants to do out there. He's very calm, and I think it – it really bodes well for his squad. He gives those guys confidence, and yeah, he should be getting more credit. Tim Roy, longtime voice of the Golden State Warriors, with us on the Sports Hill Show on ESPN Radio. We're getting confirmation. We're seeing it right now. You might have some inside information on this, or at least heard it in the periphery. Uh, but Steph Curry, as far as the Olympics is concerned, no, opted out. He is he is opted out of that. Uh, why do you think that is? Just he's he's been there, done that, some time with the family. Uh, I'd love to hear your response, Tim. I think in this particular case, I think that um, what what Steph's looking at is two things. One, he played hurt the, the second half of the season yep. with that tailbone. You know, he had a, 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 apparently a broken bone back there, and and I think that's uh, part of it. And I think the other part of it is that he is a, he's a young father. You know, he's got three young kids, and so I think he wants to spend some time with the kids, and 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 I think he also knows that. Um, you know, to, to perform at the level he performed at this past year, that he has to put in the, the work time in the off season. I think that's, I think it's, I think it's a threefold thing, but I wouldn't be surprised that if you hear him come out, the first thing you got, you got to say is, you know, I, I really want to spend some time with my family because he is, he's a family guy first and foremost. And I think he always will be. Yeah. A little bit older now too. And I think with the pandemic and the bubble and just, the way the calendar has broken down. I would say now the weird timeline with the NBA, especially there's some guys that want some rest and they want to get their bodies right. And I think that that might factor in more this year than it may have even in past Olympics or even in the future, uh, depending, but what do I know? Just putting that out there, Tim, well, you know, no, but there's no question that one of the reasons why Steph Curry and Draymond Green both had great years was that they both didn't play a lot the year before. After five years of going to the finals, and it is a grind. There's no way around it. It is a grind. The um, those guys got some rest, and they looked, you know, they looked spry. They looked like they were five years younger. You know, the, in the 2019 finals, you know, guys were dragging. You know, that's that's a that's a tough thing to do five years in a row. There's a reason why it hadn't been done since the Celtics in the 1960s, and back then you didn't play nearly as many playoff games to get to a finals. So. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I think, I think that that's a good point. I think he's also seeing the value of that. Well, Tim, listen, we're grateful for the time as always. I would love to catch up with you again before it's all said and done. Go ahead. What year, what year did you say the bucks were in the finals last? Was that 76, 74, 74. I have listed here. Yeah. And they were, they won in 71. They got the finals 74. They had injuries and lost to, to Boston, I think in seven games. And they were coached by Larry Costello, who at one time was head coach at Utica College, who should be in the Hall of Fame, by the way.
Yeah, why isn't he we'll in the hall? Yeah, why isn't he in the fa- Hall of Fame? That blows my mind. I just think he, he got he got lost in the shuffle. You know, after a while, people forget about him. And uh, but as a contributor, if you look at him as a college player, great college player at Niagara, very very good pro player who's. Uh, career was kind of cut short by injury and one of the first coaches to do have a full blown out playbook and film study one of the first coaches to have an assistant coach who was Hubie Brown on his sideline he should be in the hall but that's a that's my that's my connection that's my upstate New York connection for you today Larry Costello was the last coach to take the Bucks to the finals I'll tell you a funny story he was uh he was friends with my mom growing up and my grandfather and I shot I shot baskets um, more so through my grandfather, but I shot baskets in his driveway once when I was a little, little kid. And I'm going back, well, I'll age myself, wow. but, but I'll age myself. It was about 40 years ago, but yeah, that actually happened. Did he, did he come out? Did he come out and take a couple of set shots? He was, had a great set shot. Yeah, he, he absolutely did. He shot with us. Um, in, nicest guy <laughs> ever. I was, I mean, I was, when I tell you like kindergarten, first grade age, somewhere in that vicinity, I could barely reach the basket, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I distinctly remember that actually because it was it happened a couple of times. We went over there for some picnics and some family stuff and kind of crazy small world, isn't it? Very small world. Very small world indeed. My favorite part of talking to you, Tim, is when you share anecdotes like this uh, and, the, and the material that you have prepared for us when you when we give you a call. <laughs> Thanks so much, man. We'll talk to you soon. OK, See you guys. yep. That's the one and only Tim Roy voice of the Golden State Warriors ESPN Radio Sportszilla show a Yankees therapy session next. It's the Sportszilla Show. The New England Patriots cheat. <laughs> Told ya. <laughs> I love cheating. Whoops. The Sportszilla Show from 2 to 4 with Rain and Matt. If you're ready to talk, I'm ready to listen. On ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. There is no Yankees on deck tonight because it is an off day for the New York Yankees. There is a, a series against Kansas City on the way and, and then... Boston. Boston in Fenway Park. Yeah, I can't wait. Needless to say, if we talk about the Yankees on the Sportzilla show here on ESPN Radio, it's brought to you by William Matar. If you're in a car, call William Matar at 444-4444. This is where we'll bring in our guy Chris Stacy from NYY Sports Talk on the Accelerate Sports Complex phone lines. Uh, we're calling this now the Yankees therapy session. Is the Kraken back in... Uh, that's all I want to know to get started, because boy, is that he, was stupid. I know it was stupid, and that's why I said it. Uh, is the is the Kraken back? And I mean, come on, you've seen a, a pretty big sample size now, and I understand it can go off the rails really quickly. Do you have faith in him now? Have you seen enough? I want to be on record. You can go back since one of the first times I spoke with you guys, where I was adamant on the fact that Kyle Gashioka is not the answer, and if you wanted to say. Gary wasn't anymore either. I was okay with that. I thought there was enough of a sample size in a negative aspect where you could say, okay, got to move on. But Kyle Gashioka was not going to be the answer. Once you expose this guy, he's going to be just as bad, if not worse, than what Gary was doing. And at that point, if you weren't going to go get anyone, Gary's got to be your everyday guy because eventually he could come back, find that talent that we all know he's had since he came up in 2016. And it looks like he's... Maybe not fully there yet. He'll get there when he goes on that crazy tear where you can't even throw a strike to the guy. But he's well on his way, man, and, it, and it's great to see. And, and if you've noticed, correlates pretty pretty nicely with the Yankees winning ball games again. Yeah, it, it's amazing uh, the difference in, in him. You can just see what confidence does. Chris, and I wanted to argue with you so badly about that point. 
I really did because we were seeing how well Higashioka was playing in his limited playing time, and you were right. As a matter of fact, we talk about it quite often, Rain and I. Are you going to have to go back to letting the Kraken catch Garrett Cole? Yes. At some point, there's going to be, and maybe it's not during the regular season, you can massage your way through this, but we're going to get, if they get to the playoffs, well, you might need that bat in there. Okay, so we've been doing this fun thing on our on our on the NYYSD podcast called uh, the Yankee Scientific Method, and what we do is we give if and then statements. Okay, so if the Yankees continue to use Kyle Higashioka for their multi million dollar ace to pitch well, then they are not serious about winning a World Series. And at this point, if you think if you're going to sit here and try and justify putting Kyle Higashioka in the lineup. For any other reason other than Gary needing some rest, you're just not serious. I'm sorry. You can't tell me that this lineup isn't 10 times more dominant with a with a red-hot Gary Sanchez in it. It's astounding to me. And to that point, you know, it's one thing if it happens for Garrett Cole, but then a few days later, Gary's pulled out of the lineup for Jamison Tyone. I didn't understand exactly. that one either. Exactly. The, the yeah. excuse being a day game the next day. But you got to find a way to get him in there, even if it's a DH day. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, it, that's fine. And in, in that in that situation, it makes all it makes all the sense in the world to to bench him that day with a day game coming up. That's fine, but it doesn't when you're still benching him. So your ace again. I'll say it again. Your ace, your multi million dollar ace, can pitch well to a, to another catcher. It just doesn't add up to me. We got our guy, uh, Red Rob, who's in our Twitch chat at Q Sports Talk. And he's like, yeah, still not sold on him quite yet. He needs to see a little bit more. And I understand that. Uh, But what about Chapman? We were having a conversation with you that our Twitch audience heard. Let's bring it on to ESPN Radio and the Sportsilla Show about Araldis Chapman. And you pinpointed it with, and we heard it again yesterday, even though he got out of it with a triple play. There were the two walks to, to, to let those two guys on bases for that to even happen. But it all started with... He did something to a fingernail, and it keeps coming back to haunt him, sort of. So at some point, they've got to fix this, right? They've got to, they may have to shut him down for long enough to heal that up. But explain to everybody that's listening now what you told us during the commercial break before we first jump back on. Yeah, well, if you go back, and, and I can, you know, next time we talk, I'll try and pinpoint the date exactly. I think it was against the Rays. Uh, because I remember texting a group of my friends saying, of course, against the Rays this game, this is when he's going to go back to being mortal and, and, you know, the regular Chapman we know. And he ended up getting out of the game. I remember he still got the save. But they came out and checked on him on the mound, and they said something was going on. He was either blistering or he had something going on with his fingernail. And, you know, it's easy for the casual fan to sit there and just say, come on, man, we're going we're gonna to IL this guy or we're going to bench him because he's got something going on with his fingernail. But when you're, when you're Raldis Chapman throwing 103 miles an hour, and now you've incorporated that slider uh, in the mix, if you're, if you're feeling any type of discomfort in one of your fingers, especially the one that's putting pressure on the lace there. Or the split, you're too, not, the split yeah. too, if it's on the inside of the finger. Go ahead. Yeah, see, here's what happens with Chapman. Chapman has gone from a completely immortal video game-like stat, stats this season to back to the guy where you're kind of holding your breath in one-run games, uh, and and that's not good. For me, if I'm the Yankees, if he truly needs some time to just let that heal up, I'm doing that well before 
you know, October baseball comes around if if that happens for the Yankees because I need him to go back to to the way he was in the beginning of the season if I'm going to be serious about winning a World Series. And if you got Zach Britton, who's back in the fold here, even though they gave him a little bit of rest because you're a little bit sore, uh, get him a few more games, and then I think you're comfortable allowing Zach Britton to close for a short. He's had to do it before, and if that's what you got to do to get Chappie right for the playoffs – that's the big picture. That's got to be the end game. You got to have that foresight. That's for sure. To your point, Araldis hit 103.4 the other day, uh, fastest pitch in Major League Baseball this season. And that's with a lot of guys throwing hard, even with what Jacob DeGrom's doing, too, where he's got like a thousand pitches over 100 miles an hour. Any other causes for concern with this team, or are you back in a feel good place with them after the, the week that they've had? Now, look, I'm not going to be in a feel good place until the end of this week. And I, I said this on Twitter the other day, um, and I got a little I got a little flack for it, but I just want to clarify here. I tweeted out that the Yankees, for me to feel like this team is back and ready to go, they need to sweep the Royals. And I don't say that by saying this team needs to sweep teams because you'll always take a series win, right? But if you look at the way this, this schedule is set up right now, you have the Royals coming into New York, they're not a good team. They should be a team you can easily pounce on. And you have the Rays playing the Red Sox. So no matter what, if you win these three games, you are gaining a game on one team that's ahead of you, which is extremely important, not to mention then you're playing the Red Sox again. No. So this is the time now where the Yankees are going to make a move and they're going to show you if they're a serious team or not. And this is also the point where Tampa's lost. I think it's six in a row, if I remember. They're struggling a little bit. And so is Boston. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, I mean, if you can get uh, to uh, Red Rob's point in our Twitch chat, let me reference Q Sports Talk again. You know, he's throwing it out there, too. He still doesn't trust Gary entirely. But if you got Frazier heating back up, you got Andahar keep hitting. Uh, you, you just need some guys, a few guys every night instead of nobody. Gardner's doing a little bit better as well. Yeah, there's just a lot of guys. If they're starting to pick it up, uh, then the team's going to be all right. But you need some hitting. You need hitting in clutch situations with runners in scoring position. That's been a problem. The last thing I have for you is Jonathan Loisica. Is Johnny Lasagna an all-star? He has been as dominant as anybody in any bullpen in Major League Baseball. Uh, let me tell you something. Uh, he has been he's been one guy out of the last handful of years where you heard all the hype about him and he just wasn't fully there yet and you're watching him all put it all together right in front of your eyes, man. He is in my opinion, he's an all-star. He's been the MVP of this bullpen. Mm-hmm. If you you know take into account Chapman's struggles over the last few weeks, obviously before that. Um but I call him J-Lo. I, I, I've dubbed him J-Lo. I'm trying to make that stick. Uh, J, J-Lo's been the guy to go to. And just real quickly, to your point about the team hitting, I say this a lot. The Yankees are not a top-of-the-lineup team. And what I mean by that is you have guys like Judge, Stanton, you know, DJ up there. Their names alone are, are enough to get them through. When their middle and bottom of the order doesn't produce, this team does not win. So they need that middle of the lineup to really step up, really protect the top of the lineup so that they can do damage and not just, you know, have pitchers pitch around them. And then when you got a couple guys, like you're saying, Frazier, Andujar, Sanchez in there, this team becomes unbeatable. Do you feel comfortable? we got about a minute left there, Chris. Do you feel comfortable with Giancarlo Stanton playing out in the, playing in the field 
in order to let Sanchez occasionally DH if Higashioka will be the starting catcher for Cole or whoever. I'm not going to tr- I'm not knocking Miguel Andujar here. I think given the circumstances, he's done a phenomenal job. Okay, but if I can sit here and tell you that I'm comfortable with Miguel Andujar playing the outfield for this many days now, I'd be crazy to tell you that I'm not comfortable with Giancarlo Stanton, the former MVP of the National League, that he couldn't get the job done. And it's got to happen. The Yankees have to pull that trigger eventually because this guy can't be benched the way they've been benching him. This guy needs to stay out there. He needs to get consistent at bats. I don't care if he strikes out 10 times in one day. You got to keep throwing him out there, keep getting him consistent at bats, put him in the outfield if you have to, and keep his name in that lineup every single day that you can. Yeah, if he's healthy, he's just he's too formidable to sit down one way or the other. Absolutely. We appreciate you, Chris Stacy. Uh, we'll do this again very soon. Thanks for the Yankees therapy session. Thanks for the Yankees therapy session here on ESPN Radio on the Sports Hill Show. We've got Soundcheck lined up next. It's the Sports Show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Listen to this. Mic check. Okay? Good. Here's your sports sound check. Hey, glue guy, don't don't completely kill the Drake rejoin. Okay, just bring it down for a second and give me access to some audio really quick uh, because I just want everybody to know I'm disappointed in myself. We had Devo on earlier, Eric Devendorf, of course, talking TBT, the basketball tournament, how we're excited about Bayheim's Bay Army and everything else. And every time I have him on, as he's been on with us numerous times, how come I never have this ready? How come I never have Devo ready? That is a good, great question. Seriously, with shame on you. All of the cheesy, stupid nicknames for segments, and you're always rolling your eyes at me. I wouldn't do that to him. That's why I wouldn't. Uh, okay. I, I, I'm not bringing in Devo for Devo. Okay, we can kill that. I just was wondering. Unless I, sh- do you think I should? That's the next Twitch poll. Q Sports Talk. Should I use Devo when we have Devo on the air? Eric Devendorf. I don't know yet. I think that I think he might laugh. I don't know. Maybe. Would he even notice? Probably not. Unless we told him. Oh, only because it's on the phone, so the quality of music isn't exactly great. Yeah, you got a good point there. Can we talk football for a couple minutes? Mike Tannenbaum was on ESPN Radio a little bit earlier, and I wanted to share some of his comments about basically the main storylines in the off-season or soap opera and drama that is the National Football League. Uh, he was talking about the backup plan for the Packers that they need to imp- implement. I want to know if you agree or disagree with this. The verb I'm using. Oh, I'll, I'll That's re- my bad. You ready? Yeah. If I'm the Packers, the verb I'm using, I'm scouring for any quarterback. That can include Nick Foles. I'm going to monitor that Russell Wilson situation. I don't think that's going to happen. Is it Jimmy Garoppolo? Is it Gardner Minshew? Whatever could be out there, uh, I'm going to look at any and all possibilities. Is it Joe Flacco? Because I have a really good football team, and if Jordan Love just isn't ready, which is no fault of Jordan Love, he basically didn't get a chance to practice last year because of COVID. We know Bortles isn't good enough, so I'm going to scour any alternatives I can get to give ourselves a chance to win this year. So it's not Love? They're not entirely comfortable with that plan if Aaron Rodgers isn't there. Contrary to what they say, I'm calling BS on it. Well, I mean, how could you feel comfortable when the guy hasn't even played a game yet? Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? So you're talking about a former MVP 
compared to a guy who hasn't even played a single game in the NFL. It's, it's a delicate balancing act because you don't want to destroy his confidence if he does end up having to be your quarterback because Aaron Rodgers either well puts his money where his mouth is and sits out or if it does ultimately come to a trade. Very interesting how this plays out. Right? So uh, to change subject real quick, how do you feel about Eli Manning getting a off-the-field role with the Giants? Um, I think it, they can call it what they want. It's a mentorship program for Daniel Jones because he regressed in year two. It was okay in his Without rookie Without the tutelage year. of Eli Manning. Right. With Eli still there finishing out his final season, I think it made a big difference, and I think it's a sounding board that he needs. I, I think you want him in training camp. I think he, you want him around the team. Listen, even if it's to pop in for a couple hours here, a couple hours there, sit down, go through some film with them, and, and just little things like that that can help Daniel Jones take the next step. I think he's a great mentor for him, and especially learning how to handle it in New York for the Giants, for a marquee franchise, with the media coverage, etc. Go ahead. I'm interested to see what kind of a fan engagement role he's going to have with the team. Is he going to be the video guy getting the crowd hyped up in the game? Is he going to be doing social media stuff? I'm curious. Don't put it past them. Me neither. The Mannings are entertaining. They're yes, funny. They, are. they have uh, great senses of humor. And Eli's the one to like drop a mic bomb mm-hmm. and just laugh the you know have the whole room laughing without even being a joke that's that funny. You may have come across it on social media over the weekend. He got together with Sean O'Hara, former Giant, yes. and they were telling dad jokes for Father's Day. Hilarious. If you're hooked up with Giant social media in any way, shape, or form, you would have had to have seen that. In keeping with the NFL here in Soundcheck on the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio and Mike Tannenbaum, I want to bring him back in. Uh, if the Bucks don't make it to the Super Bowl next year, blame Ed. Hmm, what happens? If they don't make it to the Super Bowl, it's a big disappointment. And if you think about last year again because of COVID, it's really remarkable what they accomplished. So to get everybody back, to have an offseason program, to be there with Byron Leftwich, to really understand the offense to a whole nother level, hopefully have all your stars back, for a year that healthy, I think this is a team that's complete, and I expect them to be back in the Super Bowl. And that's the thing. They kept everybody, and I would be shocked if they don't get back there. They are, to me, one of the favorites in the NFC. Well, especially when you have Gronk, who wasn't treating uh, training camp very seriously via uh, Zoom. You know, he, he recorded those videos of him running in 12 different shirts, so he just kept hitting play rather than doing what he's supposed to. So hopefully Gronk's actually healthy and ready to go this offseason. Do you th- <laughs> do you think that he'll do the same thing again? Uh, if it's uh, via Zoom, yes. I mean, do you think that... He'll use last year's. Oh, man. All right, all right, all right. That's fine. Um, I just think that he'll do the same thing all over again. I don't think I think he's got his shirt set and ready to go, and I don't think anything changes. He's just going to be ready for the playoffs. Prince Odi says Eli Manning can barbecue for the team. Yeah, there you go. That's what's going to happen. All right. Uh, yeah, and you know what? Who's going to be there? Gronk. Yes. Gronk's going to be there having some beers, some hot dogs. He's not going to be doing any extra work. No, not at all. I, I don't believe. And, and, and I can't say I blame him either. I don't believe that at all. So I wanted to give you a quote from Kyler Murray. Despite growing up in Texas, Kyler Murray, who's the real deal, by the way, for the Cardinals, he was never a fan of the Dallas Cowboys. Good man. Follow-up question that he was asked when he divulged this was, they said, why? And you know, his response was... Jerry Jones. They were always bleep. 
uh, donkey. They were oh. they were always ass. I whispered it for you. Oh, that's what he thought of the Dallas Cowboys. Wow. Yet here's Mike Tannenbaum. Wait, to- wait, 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 wait. So uh, I'm assuming he grew up in the '90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, no, he's in his er- he's in his early 20s. So 2000s is usually probably about when he was growing up. And able to see the Cowboys, so that makes sense. He was born. It was post Aikman, then exactly. It was it was post Super Bowls. That makes sense. And that makes sense. So he always thought that they were terrible. Brings me back to Mike Tannenbaum, and of course, furthering the football discussion that we're having here in Soundcheck. Are they the NFC East favorites, the Cowboys that Kyler Murray thinks were trash and are? Oh, they are still, and will always be. Yes, I'm a biased Giants fan. To me, they are the second best team in the NFC, and here's why. Lyle Collins didn't play last year. Tyron Smith only played in two games. If they can get back two really good frontline offensive tackles, a franchise quarterback, I love Dak Prescott. You have two bona fide number one receivers, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, a great Zeke Elliott. That defense is young. It's going to get better. I'm a big believer in Dan Quinn. They drafted... Defense up and down that draft. I think they're going to come out of it at least with two, maybe three stars, most notably Micah Parsons. So even if that defense is average this year, and I, again, I think they're going to prove as the year goes on, this is going to be a prolific offense, and they're going to be hard to beat. He's absolutely right. I hate to admit this, but if the offensive line is just competent and that running game is there to supplement with Dak, assuming health, by the way, there are weapons there there is the potential to have a very prolific, high-powered offense. Defense is still going to be the question, though. I, I I think the Cowboys, at least of the last two decades, are going to end up being the Cowboys of the last two decades. I will also say this, not being biased, you can tell me if you think I'm off base with this, but I, if I looked at the Giants and the Cowboys, for example— would have a little bit more faith in Joe Judge leading that team and developing that team to get better than the Cowboys at this point. With Mike uh, Mike McCarthy? Yeah. You're not a fan? No. I mean, he has a Super Bowl ring. So? Uh, had Aaron Rodgers, so and, that's kind of a big deal. And couldn't wait to get away from him. And I don't think any Cowboys fan is happy with the job he did in Dallas. It's only about one year. Uh, regardless. So, but with going back to the Packers real quick, Aaron Rodgers was undermining Mike McCarthy in the huddle. Yeah. On an almost weekly basis. He wouldn't call the plays that he called. No. That he so, sent in. So he felt like a joke, so he got out of town, and now he's with, obviously, Dallas and whatnot. I don't think they take him seriously down there either. Well, probably not. I don't think they do. Um, I don't believe in Zeke. I don't think he's a good running back anymore. I think age has passed him. I know he's not even that old. There's but not enough he, offensive line to protect him and help him through well, that. Well, that too. Uh, last year... He did nothing for the team. That's absolutely true. That is true. Whether you like it or not, it's a tough pill to swallow if you're a Cowboys fan. Hey, I'm a Giants fan, understanding that the Giants got better and still only won six games, which is not a fantastic football season. I have no delusions of grandeur. Let's pause right now and come back with the last thing that we'll say today here on ESPN Radio and the SportsZilla Show. The SportsZilla Show with Rain and Matt. Can everyone hear me okay? Okay, well, so we've made some amazing adjustments. And, okay. Here's the last thing we'll say today on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. CBW, a stealth Jedi in the Twitch chat at QSportsTalk. Um, listen to me right now. 
The NFC please East. Don't, no, please I, don't no, make that same joke. I don't, it's not a joke. I'm not. This is not a joking matter. This is a statement. The NFC East last year was the Syracuse Orange of the NFL. It was. It was terrible. It was bad. It was atrocious. It was a dumpster fire. It was horrendous. Is it? I don't think it could. I don't think Syracuse could possibly be as bad as one in ten last year. I'm not expecting them to be good, but realistically, they've got to be a little bit better. And so does the NFC East. I think that's a fair statement and a fair analogy. I'm not making jokes. I'm serious. I just want to say that Matt Page did not make that claim. Rain did. So send all hate mail to him. He wrote that on a piece of paper and he passed it to me so that I would be the Ron Burgundy that would read the teleprompter and say that. Yeah, 2 and 10 it is, CBW, for the Qs next year. Uh, Jimmer Fredette, you're hearing that room that rumor thrown around for Bayheim's Army. Anybody like that name? I've also heard rumors of Joe Johnson, which is why I asked. Glens Falls. We, of course, got a guy on the team from Glens Falls. I cannot wait for TBT and Elamending and everything else. All right. That being said, we got to get you ready for Axe. We're going to get you on the block at the top of the hour. Uh, he'll get you started with, well, he whispers part of it too, on the air. I haven't done that in a while. Uh, so I'm sure he's got a lot that he wants to talk to you about. I'm not going to guess today. I have a feeling he's going to question Ben Simmons. That might be part of it. Uh, that being said, 16,000 yards in 16 seasons for Frank Gore. OG or what? Yeah. Amazing. He's got to retire. You can't, you can't destroy those numbers. You're on the block in a couple of minutes. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow at 2. It's ESPN Radio.